Hey, health junkies! It's time for the Health Fix. Join your host doctor Janine Kraus as she gives you a dose of what you need to know and do right now to take control of your health from the inside out to rebel against aging, look damn good, fight stress, and laugh every day. Hey, health junkies! Welcome to another episode of the Health Fix. Dr. Janine Kraus here. Hey, I am interviewing Shane Nikolich today, and we're together in my office because Shane lives in Tacoma, Washington, like me. And he's got a great story. Bear with him. It's a little bit of a long one, but I think it's worth it for folks to listen because there's a huge connection to traumatic brain injuries and multiple sclerosis. And in this case, Shane had a traumatic brain injury at 11 years of age and then was diagnosed with MS in 2007. So he's got quite a story. Now, what's he doing to take care of his MS? He actually notes that exercise and nutrition, not taking any medications whatsoever because they made him feel awful. And he wasn't able to function fully in life, wasn't able to work one on the medications. So he decided that he was just going to start running and keep on running and work to inspire others to take up exercise. He's on a 540 plus day streak of running and I don't see any end in sight. Let's get to our podcast so he can tell you all about it. Hey, Health Junkies, this is Dr. Janine Krauss from the Health Fix Podcast. And Shane Nikolich from Positive Vibes. So today we are chatting together just so that we can give a unique perspective to health and running and just what we need to do to stay healthy for life. So Shane, how did we meet? We met in an online mastermind group uh, hosted by Brittany Michaelchuk, and I think it was really trippy. Like it was like we were supposed to meet because uh, here's this international online group on the internet, and we happen to meet in there mm-hmm. on the entrepreneurial side of things, and then you know we connected because I was looking at your profile, saw that saw that you do uh, natural medicine and acupuncture, and so I got a hold of you for an acupuncture. So we hung out. We're both in Tacoma, which is super cool, because I love looking at Shane's post, because he's literally giving me a tour as he runs around Tacoma for me to see new things, see things I haven't seen in Tacoma before, and I just love hanging out and seeing what's going on and places to eat. You post a lot of food pictures. So... You're running a lot. Tell, tell us about the running. Today is day 540. So tell us about this run streak. What got you to start it? I was actually, back in 2017, I went on a phenomenal road trip. And I was visiting my aunt, Bina, in Phoenix, Arizona. I was there three or four days, went running with her up in the Black, on the Black Canyon Trail just out of Phoenix awesome even got to Fort a river and uh i mean you know how often do you run across a river Woo! that's awesome but uh you know and then i went on another run with her along the canal with her phoenix fit run group and then on my last day there i think it was my last day there might have been the day before 
I, uh, my aunt took me to the running store there in Phoenix, the runner's den, and introduced me to a guy who works there by the name of Craig Davidson. Craig has been a runner for many, many years. He celebrated 41 or 42 years of his run streak. Wow. Every day. We became friends on Facebook. He's inspired me to keep on running. 547 days ago, a little bit before that, so about 550 days ago or something, uh, a friend of mine on Instagram, a lady I follow from back east in Boston, speaking of running, she's from Boston, but uh, she had just run her first Boston Marathon. She's a physical therapist, and she just, you know, I loved following her because she just, like, totally rocked last year or this year's Boston Marathon when the weather was horrible and even I heard that even a lot of elite runners backed out and didn't run it because the weather was so bad and she freaking rocked it with like an eight or eight and a half minute a mile pace holy cow and uh so yeah we we had become friends on Instagram following each other and not This year, but last year, 2018, in uh, Valley Flats Marathon, well, I happened to look at her profile and see that that was her next race. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I sent her a message and said, hey, wow, this is cool. Tell you what, I'll register and I'll, I'll meet you there. And so I did. I met her there. Then we, we actually started together, but of course she's much faster pace and she didn't quite, wasn't quite feeling it. So she just, she called it a day at half marathon and, uh, it still got a PR, you know, wasn't feeling it, but still got a PR. Go figure. That's impressive. And, uh, yeah, tell me about it. And anyway, she, she tagged this never ending run streak came about because she tagged me in a post on Instagram sometime early last May and tagged me in this post about this run stre- month-long run streak for the month of June 2018 <laughs> in this Running with the Cool Kids group on Facebook, which I hadn't heard of. And, and so I'm like, okay, well, this sounds cool. I can, I've done a run streak for 11 or 12 days before. I can, you know... And that's about as long as I could go before. Let's see, now that I've got, you know, a couple more years of running experience under my belt, you know, and got this going, maybe I can do a month. Let's go for it. So anyway, I accepted her quote-unquote challenge. And uh, we were, but we both, and as a matter of fact, both of us happened to start. And we've both been running now since May 27th of last year, 2018. Wow. And we're still going. Uh, You know, and it's like, uh, got to about June 25th, you know, because this run streak is supposed to go June 1st through June 30th of last year. Got to about June 25th, and I'm like, I sent her a message. I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling darn good and been running 25 or, you know, almost a month now. And, 
told her about my friend Craig down in Phoenix, been running 40-some years, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just keep going. I'm going to run forever. And, you know, in, in my head, I'm like, at that time in my mind, I'm like, okay, here I am with MS asking her this, you know, and she's a freaking top, you know, she's in top shape. She's a physical therapist. You know, what's she going to say? <laughs> you know, so of course she said yes, and we're both still running. And so far as my run streak, there was a month last year during, I believe it was July into August, somewhere in there, there was like a month-long period where my MS, my multiple sclerosis fatigue was acting up. And so it's like I'd get home from work after working all day at, as a dishwasher at Trapper Sushi, you know, on my feet all day there, and I'd be wiped out because of the fatigue already, dealing with that, pushing myself all day. I'd get home from work, and I'd be like, man, I don't feel like doing a thing, but I got this streak going. i got to keep alive. So I'd get outside, and I'd walk a mile. I'd walk around the neighborhood a couple times, you know, and get in my get in at least a mile. And when I got out there, when I get, when I get out and go walking, I walk at least like, at least as fast as a 16-minute mile, and on good days I hit 15, maybe a little faster. I think that's something important that you mentioned about walking fast, because you were talking about intensity, and walking slow, like, meh, doesn't really do anything. Giving a little oomph to it, and you get more out of it. You were talking about that, too, with other people. I remember you mentioned that, and I think that's awesome to hear that. Tell me, tell me a little bit about how how you manage the fatigue. So you're talking about walking, but what else do you do? Do you, do you have any supplements? Do you have any like like meal plans you stick with or any other secrets for folks out there that might be thinking that either maybe they have MS or maybe they don't even have MS. Maybe they're just kind of wondering like, what, what is this guy fueled by to get, you know, 540 plus days of, of running? <laughs> what does he have going on for him? I take... No, I was teasing. I'm like, you're drinking coffee. Oh. <laughs> he feels on coffee. Uh, I'm just me. I'm teasing him, folks. I'm teasing him. So what do you take? I do, I do probably drink. I try and keep it to one cup. Sometimes I drink two cups a day. This is, this is my second cup today. Granted, it's a 20-ounce cup, but <laughs> it's only my second one. They can't see it. You just busted yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, hey, it beats the, the amount of coffee I used to drink. I, I used to suffer from, well, I still have a bit of the depression that I fight with, uh, but I, and of course the MS fatigue, but I used to have just straight uh, clinical depression with, you know, coupled with fatigue. And I was sitting in my apartment all the time and, you know, I was just dinking around on my computer and, you know, not really doing anything productive or anything. And... I was probably drinking, I would know I was drinking at least one, probably upwards of two pots of coffee a day. And so that was probably not helping my problems. But since I've, you know, since I've limited it, most days I do only drink one cup of coffee. And I drink a lot more water, a lot less coffee, a lot more water. I take a multi, in the morning, every morning I take a multivitamin, general multivitamin, 
and a Super B complex and vitamin D3 gummies. Gummies. And uh, yeah, I take the vitamins and then I pop the vitamin D3 in my house as I'm headed out the door and I can chew on them on my way to work. It's like a dessert from all Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a treat. I mean, I, th- I like to think about yeah. gummies as being kind of a little treat. It's all of us have like a, our little five-year-old inside that's yeah. like waiting to come out. And I think gummy vitamins are like that little thing that like all of us can justify as like they're borderline candy, but there's a vitamin in it. Like gummies. And also one other supplement that I take. Yeah, gummies are. I, I've actually these vitamin D three gummies. They're they're like sort of my, sort of my crutch. I used to I used to as of a couple of years ago, I used to like eat tons of just straight gummy bears. You know, I'd pop them in my mouth as I was at work. You know, I'd vacuum in the restaurant in the morning. And mopping the front floor, I'd, you know, at least go through two or three handfuls of gummy bears. And, you know, I'd just eat them as I was running all the time. And, you know, then I'm like, okay, you know, when I found found that I had gotten in the habit of eating these gummy bears all the time, both with all the sugar content, I don't know for a fact, but I've heard that the, all the, uh, an overabundance anyway of the gelatin or whatever they're made of mm-hmm. the gummy bears that that's not too good for you. And so I decided to just, you know, okay, I got to quit doing gummy bears. So I did, but these vitamin D three gummies, it's like two a day. Oh, well, whatever. That's like two gummy bears. Plus it's got vitamin D. So, you know, it's Hey, a win-win situation. Bonus. <laughs> well, and I think vitamin D is an important thing to talk about for a second because one of the precipitating factors that, fo- that folks talk a lot about a lot is that vitamin D deficiency does set folks up for having MS. And, of course, us being in the northern part of the United States here right. in Washington and the Tacoma area, it's, it's not always light out all the time and so making sure that you're getting your vitamin d anybody but especially if you have ms it's huge and if they're gummies i don't care for me it's like i want people to get it in i don't care how they get it in you know so props to getting the gummies now now what about food because i see a lot of pictures on your instagram of places you've stopped along the way so if you're if you're not fueling while you're running you're making sure you're getting good fuel in around those times What's your favorite, like, post-run meal? If you could have anything, what would you choose? The Jewel Box Cafe and Veggie Wrap, and that was phenomenal. It looked really good. Yeah, it was. Did you feel like having the veggies after your run filled you up and, like, kind of refueled you? Because I think there's a huge debate right now in terms of being a vegan, you know, athlete versus being a meat-eating athlete versus a eating-whatever kind of athlete. Yeah, and so far as being a, being vegan or vegetarian, I've tried to, well, actually, I was going totally that route for a while, totally. and I was doing great until it came to that hitting the wall point, mm. which I had, which I hadn't really experienced until I started going straight vegan. I did, or, you know, I did for a little while there, a couple months at least. Every marathon that I ran during that period, I would hit that wall. I found that wall. 
that they talk about when you run long distances. And I found that wall at about 16 or 17, maybe 18 miles in. I would hit that wall and I'd just be dead. And I'd end up walking the large majority of the rest of it. One of my roommates at that time, he he's also a fitness junkie. Well, I don't know that I'm a fitness... Well, I guess I run every day, so yeah, I'm a fitness junkie. You qualify. I think you get a big badge. Because I can't say Definitely. I run every day. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so we cleared that up. I am a fitness junkie. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah. Absolutely. Put a stamp on you. Thank you for the confirmation. But uh, my my roommate, he asked me one day as I was fixing my, you know, all-vegetable-based dinner, he's like, dude, what do you do for carbs? And I'm like, um... That's a good question. Let me get back to you on that. Wow. And and so anyway, I got to thinking about it and got to looking, you know, researching, doing research on the internet, and you know, look through a couple books that I have on exercise and diet. Being that that's how I treat my MS is exercise and diet. I want to keep up on the stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, I, you know, got, I got to looking at chicken as, you know, being a good source of protein. And, you know, so I started, I started going back to chicken and stopping at store, getting some chicken for dinner or to go with my dinner and started adding that in for protein and started adding a few other items in for protein, you know, a little bit of peanut butter here and there. I used to be a big peanut butter and jelly fan. And when I was, it's like when I was in my apartment there in Enumclaw and, you know, down with the depression, fatigue, not doing too much, I would, and I've always had a humongous appetite, right? And so I'd go across the store, I'd go across the street to the store there at a Safeway and I'd pick up a loaf of bread and bring it home. And I would make a loaf worth of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Holy cow. And I would sit there at my computer and watch videos or dink around on my computer and play games, whatever. And until the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were gone. <laughs> Holy crap. No, guys, Shane is not a big guy. So we were teasing him earlier about having a hollow leg. Now I'm kind of convinced that he might have a hollow leg somewhere. But eating a whole loaf of peanut, wow, that's impressive. That and then all your two pots of coffee, holy cow. But I think it's a good point to talk about how you weren't feeling good at that point. You know, yeah. you were you're down. That kind of food doesn't nourish you. Too much coffee pushes you to the limits. Be, before, before I got to that point, I had the depression and fatigue. I did, you know, and it's just like I wasn't working there and for a while and I got, you know, I just, okay, you know, I got to the point where it's like, okay, whatever, might as well eat, right? And, you know, so I started eating a lot more and then I got up to, I don't know, I gained uh, probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 pounds, we'll say, somewhere in there. And, uh, it's like the 
for my, this is just my story. I'm not, you know, like I said in my book there at the beginning, you know, I don't, you know, this is my story and anything I did or whatever isn't necessarily everyone's story, you know, and, you know, it's not meant as like a medical opinion. It's just my personal opinion. But uh, the anti for myself, the antidepressants, I mean, I was on like $400 worth of antidepressants a month. And, uh, but it's like, you know, I was, I was on like three or four different ones at the same time. So it might have been the combination of them. It might have been the side effects of them. I don't know. But what I do know is that with all those antidepressants in me all the time, I became like sort of feeling like a zombie, mm -hmm. you know, just sort of like going through the motions every day. And, and I got to the point where it's like, I don't know. It's, they were, it seemed like they was doing more harm than good. Yeah. So I, uh, I was still riding my bicycle, you know, getting my, getting, uh, you know, across the street to the store. I'd ride downtown. There was a couple times when the weather was nice, when I drove, when I rode my bike from Enumclaw to Auburn to see my counselor and then back to Enumclaw. That's a good ride. For the folks that don't know how far those, those areas are apart, that is a good ride. I'm impressed. I think a lot of people right now be thinking like, okay, you have a mess, you're depressed, you're not feeling good, and to like bust out a ride like that, that's pretty huge. Actually, at, at this point, when I was just when I was back there in living in Enumclaw, I didn't have a mess yet. Aha! Here we go again, another medical factor that was based on my or stemmed from my traumatic brain injury I had six days after my eleventh birthday back in 1986. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was like, how are we going to sneak that story in? Because I'm like, I need to get that in there. So, yeah, folks, on top of things, now we've got a brain injury that's, that started things off for, for Shane. And then on top of it, we have the MS diagnosis after an accident. And I think for a lot of folks in my practice that I see, I think a lot of folks, one, having a brain injury, that's tough. And then add MS on top of it. And then... You know, for a lot of people in the depression, you know, sinking, it's really easy to sink in it and give up. Mm. Do you feel like running is what gave you, gave mm. your life, you know, kind of that inspiration? Or do you feel like with you, it's, it's more than just the running or what you're getting from the running? I don't know what I'm asking. Basically, what, what gives you the inspiration? What, what drives, what drives <laughs> yes. me? And that, <laughs> I knew what you were going, I knew the word yes. you were going for, or I knew what you were intending. Uh, because I say it all the time, what drives me is my multiple sclerosis. My brain injury, I was in a, I fell out of a tree 40 feet. It was actually, my birthday was July 8th. My birthday is July 8th, and uh, they're July 14th, 1986. I ended up in the Greenbelt behind our house, climbing trees with uh, three buddies I had met in the neighborhood. We were climbing trees looking for a good place to build a fort. And as a matter of fact, this epiphany or whatever came to me the other day. It's a memory, but 
I had never remembered it until when I was I was telling someone about my falling out of the tree, and it came to me. Hmm. I've wondered all these years, what the heck, why the heck was I looking for a good place to build a fort, 40 feet up in a tree? Who the heck would want to climb 40 feet up in a tree to get to a fort? <laughs> you know, I could see myself up there, and what I was doing up 40 feet in the tree is that I could see that if I climbed just a little higher, and I don't know if I was to this point yet, but I could see that if I could just climbed a little bit higher, I could see over everything in the neighborhood. And next thing I know, you know, or not next thing I know, but what happened was, I don't know whether the tree wavered and I fell because of that, or if a branch broke or whatever, the one I was standing on, and there's like a gigantic boulder, probably six feet long by three feet wide, and about three foot high, a huge boulder at the base of that tree. Wow. My head, due to the, from the imprint in the ground, I can see that my head was about nine inches away from that boulder Jeez. when I hit the ground. I, uh, the doctors say that I had to, that it was a very high proba probability that I was unconscious when I hit the ground, you know, be, it, to have, uh, you know, basically bounced right back from that accident as I have through the years. I do know because, because of my photographic memory, I do know that I hit the ground at exactly 2.53 p.m. Wow. On July 14th, 1986. Wow. I know that because that's what time my watch stopped. Oh, yeah, that's right. You mentioned that my, when you told my, me this. My parents, my parents brought me my calculator watch. Wow. And I never could get it to work again. Do you still have it? No. No. And how long were you in a coma? Two and a half months. But... I fell out of the tree July 14th, so therefore the start of the coma. And I remember waking up at Orchard Park Nursing Home here in Tacoma. Woke up and I remember the calendar being on the wall to the left of my bed. It doesn't matter which side, but I remember it being there right by the window. And looking at that calendar and... The last day that was X'd off was September 8th. Huh. And so it was September 9th is the day I woke up. Can you remember what was going through mine that day at all? Like, what the heck? Or I was... I had no clue what was going on. I thought I might be dreaming or something. And I remember... The nurse coming in the room, her name was Curleen. Curleen came in the room and she was asking, or I asked her right away, I asked her, you know, basically, where the heck am I and where's my parents? And you could talk, just... I, I had, I had a, ah, okay. I still had my trach in my throat. Okay. So it was a real raspy voice. And as I recall, I, as I recall, I sounded like, you know, just 
barely squeaking a voice, barely rasping a voice out. You know, it wasn't squeaking at all because it was like I had this trach in my throat and it's like, ah, you know, just real raspy. Just imagine, if you will, a plastic tube, which is what it was, or a chunk of food blocking your blocking your throat. Okay. You're not, you're not able to, you're actually not able to talk or anything. You can just barely squeak out sounds, you know. And so it's like she had to come close for, to be able to hear and understand me. But, you know, I got out, you know, where's my parents and where the heck am I? What happened? How did I get here? And uh, I remember to this day her telling me that, what had happened? I fell out of a tree and was in a coma, and I had just woken up. And I'm like, okay, where's my parents, you know? And, of course, she got right on the phone, called my my dad, and, you know, got a hold of my stepmom and my dad. And they they came down as soon as possible. In a coma, in a coma, ha <laughs> But, uh... I guess you can find things that rhyme. <laughs> yeah. After, you, you have to have a sense of humor with us. I mean, you know, it's like, otherwise I wouldn't have made it this far. Um, True. After, I don't know, a month, month and a half in the coma, maybe it was two months I was in the coma. I, because I, I know I wasn't in, if I recall correctly, I wasn't in, there at the nursing home very long at all, maybe a couple of weeks before I woke up. And the reason I was there at the nursing home is because at St. Joseph's, they told my parents, you know, hey, we've done all we can do. He's deep in the coma. I mean, this is the neurosurgeon saying this, you know, the top top guy. And he's like, nothing more we can do. Wow. You know, you're going to have to think long term. What do you want to do? Because, you know, we can't, we can do nothing more. And, uh, you know, so my parents looked at their options most people think of nursing homes as old folks' homes. I know I've I always had. Yeah. I don't look at them like that anymore. No, it's different. It's different because you wouldn't expect yeah. to see someone that you know is in their early teenage years yeah. or not even that, at that yeah. point. There. Did you go through all your rehab there, or did you? Where did you go for rehab to get to walking again and all that? Actually, yeah, and this is where. Okay, okay, I'll get to that in a sec, but while they're at Orchard Park Nursing Home, it's only like uh, a couple days, maybe a week after I woke up, I was on my feet. And it wasn't all on my own, and I still had my wheelchair. I mean, in the first place, you know, waking up as an 11-year-old boy who had been racing BMX for a few years and climbing trees and, you know walking all around town, you know, just active boy. And, you know, here I wake up from this coma and they're telling me that I was told, you know, essentially right when I woke up, I was within those first couple days, I'm pretty sure the first day, I spotted, I saw the wheelchair on the side of my bed or in my room anyway. And I asked about it and they told me, Chances are very, very high that you may never walk again. Wow. And so when they offered physical therapy, 
and the opportunity to move, I moved. I was, I, I, with the assistance of the physical therapist on my left, you know, maybe just holding my arm, maybe just there just in case, and the rail along the wall on my right, I was, you know, I was hop walking or hobbling down the, down the hall. They uh, transferred, I was only awake like a couple weeks. They, uh, they transferred me to Good Samaritan Hospital, back to Good Samaritan Hospital in Piala for rehabilitation. Funny side story, my parents were like, would it be okay if we just gave them a ride? And they said, yeah, sure, you know. So my parents are giving me a ride. I'm in the back seat by myself. And we're cruising down Highway 512, down the last hill, go to Good Samaritan Hospital. All of a sudden, I had, and I remember specifically, I had the, this assumption came to mind that, hey, I'm riding with my parents. They're taking me home. So this feeding tube, what do I need this feeding tube anymore for, right? So I ripped it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and... Apparently, I caused a little ruckus. My stepmom, my dad saw in the mirror that what I had done, saw in the rearview mirror. My stepmom reached in the glove box, got a couple napkins, and, you know, turned around and was holding them against my gut where I had just ripped out the uh, feeding tube. And I'm like, ow, you know, that, that hurts. That sucks, man. <laughs> And anyway, yeah, I was right there by the hospital, so got that taken care of as soon as possible. Oh, my goodness. I didn't expect you to say that. I thought, like, you guys were going to get in a car accident or something on the way there. But instead, no, you're you're ripping feeding tubes out. Ugh. Won't do that again, will you? No. Well, I still have the scar, but fortunately, I won't have to have another one. Or hopefully, I won't have to have another one put in. No, I certainly hope not. You had quite a bit going on. So, gosh, so you went through all that, you went, then you got the car accident off. That was July 1st, 2006, it was in the car accident. July 1st, I got off work just after one in the morning. A couple of young drunk guys pulled out of Jack's Tavern. They pulled out right in front of me. I, you know, with that, with no chance to react, no time to react. I T-boned them along their front axle line, which I found out the next day when I went to go get my stuff out of my car at the wrecking yard. I cracked their front axle right in the middle. You walked away is what you but, told me. Yeah, you like yeah. got out of your car and you're like, well, okay. Yeah, as I was getting, the windshield was all cracked and it was caving in, but it was like, you know, it's got the protective layer on it, so it was like protected mostly. This cop starts, this cop walks back to where I'm at in the parking lot. Someone appointed me out, and he's, he's like, excuse me, sir, are you the one driving that car over there? And he's like, we're just surprised that you're standing here, and you're actually not on your way to Harbor View or the Lord. Well, right, looking at your car, that's where you should be going. And, uh, you know, I'm, in my head, I'm like, Okay, well, I'm not. I just got off work. Let's get this rolling along. You know, I got to get home. I'm tired and hungry, and, and that was that. So you've literally defied death twice now. I mean, that's pretty cool. But you did say that you did start to feel the next day that things just didn't feel right. 
Right, and that would be the onset of my multiple sclerosis. The symptoms, or yeah, the symptoms of my multiple sclerosis. Anyway, yeah, tell us about those. What do you What do you feel? Well, what did you feel? What do you feel now? Kind of maybe give us a give us a rundown of. I still had the same side of the same symptoms, except for the spasticity. But that next day after the accident. You know, I just carried on with life like nothing happened because, you know, in essence, I got in a car wreck when falling out of the tree. You know, I was in a car for two and a half months. Okay, it's over. Get up. Keep moving. You know, so the next day, just carried on with our plans to a friend's big get-together barbecue is for Fourth of July weekend. I began to notice that day... The, what is now, what I now know to be vertigo, lightheadedness is what I called it then, and now it's technically vertigo is what they call it. And I also had started feeling the fatigue, MS fatigue, although that came on, I had, I had been over the, you know, been over the previous, you know, that fatigue that came with the depression from years previous, years prior, that was pretty much, that was gone for the most part. And then this new MS fatigue is a whole different animal. And uh, I, st I still live with it today. You know, it's it hasn't gone away. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, prescribed or offered to be prescribed by my MS specialist, prescription medication for, you know, to minimize or do away with uh, the uh, vertigo and fatigue help out with them anyway. And due to the side effects of them, I just couldn't keep taking them, you know, because I just, I don't know, you know, I just couldn't work. And my full-time job with those, you know, and I got to have a job to live, you know, got to keep going. That's, that's the theme of your story. Just keep, keep going, keep going. So what were your side effects that, that you had from some of the meds? Like just to give folks a little idea of what you're experiencing. Okay. To describe the MS fatigue, it's like, you know, and sitting in this chair right now, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm aware of the fatigue feeling in my body, but it's like, it's, it's with me from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. And then of course, when I go to bed, I'm sleeping. So it's like, you know, whatever. Not paying attention to it. <laughs> right. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's like from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, it's like a drained of all energy. If I'm not, if I'm not being active, walking, running, uh, you know, even sitting here talking to you, talking, it's got my mind rolling, you know, got, I'm thinking about, you know, past experiences. I'm, you know, thinking about what I'm going to say you know, for this podcast here, it's like, so long as I'm active or my mind is active, 
then, you know, I'm focusing on that and not so much focusing on the fatigue. You know, I just push through it. It's like I wake up in the morning, don't feel like doing anything. But on this, on the other side of that token, I also have to keep living. And so I have to get out of bed, get dressed, you know, get a cup of coffee or whatever I'm going to be drinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be it an energy drink and... I, I stay away from carbonated carbonated energy drinks like Monster and all those rock stars. But, uh, you know, get a cup of coffee or, you know, just a bottle of water and go to work and go through the day. Then I go running. Sometimes I go running, bef- running miles before work, most of the time after work. Um, you know, and then on the weekends I get up and go running or get up and go running. I don't know. There's not much I... No, I mean, you've, you've found what works for you. I think that's an important thing that a lot of people with MS need to hear is that, you know, yes, there's a choice that you can sit at home and you can think about what your body feels like and, and lament uh, on all of the things that you wish you could be doing. Or you could be like, all right, what can I do to keep myself going? In regards to... Uh, sitting around focusing on how my body feels. Mm-hmm. Okay, for quite a while with the depression and fatigue, I was focused, my mind was focused on the depression and fatigue. Mm-hmm. And then what I found to break out of that depression and fatigue was my mountain bike. Mm-hmm. I... I had found a shirt from the, it was an official shirt for the Seattle to Portland bike ride mm-hmm. from the year before. Maybe I'll have to run that. Run you that. should run it. <laughs> Maybe one day. I think you're, I think you're foreshadowing some running there. Maybe. That could be kind of uh, cool. That's a, that's a lot. For those of you who do not know what the STP is, you have to Google how far Seattle to Portland is. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a ways, but it could be a very cool. It's like, uh, if I remember correctly... So 150 miles. It's a decent one. Yeah, it's a 150 mile bike ride. I had decided in like somewhere in late December that I was going to. Now, mind you, all I have, my mountain bike that I had, it was an $80 special from Target that my uncle had bought me because I needed a bike at the time, needed some way to get around. And so he bought me this mountain bike and I'm like, cool, you know, and then it came to this SDP idea, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it, and I was going to ride this $80 Target bike down to, uh, down to, uh, Portland, right, I mean, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, right, absolutely, and so so anyway, I I still would have done it, but my dad, had other ideas. He said, "Okay, well, that's a cool idea you got. Let me see. Let me see what's up." He called me down to his place about a month later. I walk in, and he has a brand new 2002 Fuji Nevada 21-speed <laughs> mountain bike sitting in his living room. All the accessories that I would need for my ride. Wow! And paid registration for Seattle to Portland in 2002. That's cool. And through, after four, 
a total between training and the ride itself, Seattle to Portland. When I got to Portland, my at the finish line, my odometer read 1,498.1 miles. Wow. Is what I put on my bike that year. Between, like, the third week of February, when I got the bike, and... July 14th. 14th. Yes, yes. I was just going to point that out. Yeah. That I crossed the finish line in Seattle Portland bike ride on the exact 26th anniversary of my falling out of the tree. Dang. After which they said I'm never going to walk again. There you go. Proved it. Proved them wrong. At the end of that ride, all that training, training pretty much every day, then riding 150 miles on that bicycle to Portland. In, and I did take two days, uh, seven, seven, right around seven and a half hours and 75 miles. What does it feel like to finish something? What, what do you have going on in your mind and your body when you finish something that epic? I mean, that's a huge feat. Not many people can say they've done those things. History with, you know, going into the brain injury 26 years earlier and then crossing the finish line. I had tears in my eyes, and it was like, here the doctor said I'd never walk again, you know, and, you know, in reality, it's like, they have no idea, they're just going on statistics, and here I just rode my bicycle 150 miles, there's no set guidelines or boundaries you'll hear me talk a lot about is unlimited potential. Unlimited negative potential when someone's in a coma, or in my case, positive, you know, unlimited positive potential. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to predict it. However, I think that you're on to something with the the positive vibes in your podcast and the thought process behind it. So folks that are listening, if you go to Shane's Instagram, it's at Shane Nicolich, right? Is there a dot in between? Yeah, it's at Shane, S-H-A-N-E, dot Nicolich, which is N as in Nancy, I-C-O-L-I-C-H, at Shane dot Nicolich. So when you go to his Instagram, what you see is, you know, every day is a new day, you know, welcome to a beautiful day. And I think there's something huge about that thought process, because I've had a lot of patients come through my office who have MS, who have had brain injuries. And the folks that do better are the ones that we can get the positive vibes going, the ones that we can get the mindset in terms of, all right, well, let's play. What what can you, what can we get you to do? What, what kind of things do we have in terms of getting you to the next step? It's just like you, you got to find what works for you. And it seems running has been that that perfect endorphin hit for you. Yeah, definitely. Whatever I can add in that's positive, you know, it's like I'm always in the process of adding the positive and weeding out the negative, weeding out what doesn't work, you know, adding in what does work. A few years ago, I was sitting at my house. I was uh, married at the time. My fiancé, who I talked about, we ended up getting married. We uh, were married five years. I would come home and I'd just be like, the Eeyore state of mind. I'm familiar with Eeyore. But, it, but, it's, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I got to the point where it's just like, 
I was going to work every morning and, you know, doing my job, get off work. I'd be fatigued. I would just come home. I w- I'd maybe go to one of the 12-step meetings I was going to. Everything went, Everything was monotone and just like, oh, boy, do I have to do this again? What's the point? You know, what's it all about? What do I do all this for? It's like, no point. Nothing good ever comes of it anyway. And, uh, you know, you know how Eeyore talked. Oh, yeah. Well, then I got to the point where it's like, it was Brendan Burchard's book, The Motivation Manifesto, and he was had this ad up and said, free book, just pay shipping and handling. And I figured, okay, it's free book. He says $7 anywhere in the world. Okay, here's $7. Devoured that book. I will just say that that book changed my life. It got me thinking about writing my own manifesto, my own book. Mm-hmm. Just like got me going, got me wanting more. Each one of us, every person in the world, is an expert in one thing or another. I got to thinking about that. All I got is a high school diploma, right? The essence of my career life since I was, you know, started working when I was like, I don't know, 19, 20 years old, whatever, was uh, washing dishes. That's the majority of what I've done for like 20 years of it or washing dishes. Trust me, I'm sick of it. I got to thinking about it. And I put all, I started, all these puzzle pieces started coming together in my mind about how I'd always had this deep-seated thought that maybe one day I'd write my own book. And then, and also another piece, you know, and I talk about this early on in my book, how, you know, people had told me throughout the years, especially since my brain injury, that I have that I have a very inspiring, motivating story. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert in all the different facets of life that I've had experience with. I'm an expert in traumatic brain injury so far as the experience I've had with it and recovery from that. I'm an expert in alcoholism and drug addiction so far as the experience I've had with that. Twelve to sixteen and a half. I was drinking and doing drugs. It hit my bottom, got clean and sober, and been there, been clean and sober ever since. I'll be celebrating 28 years in January. 10,166 days clean and sober today. Wow. So you got a count going on that and you're running. That's huge. That's huge. Hey, it's everything. It's just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so far as that goes and my experience living with it, I, I know that. And I can tell my story. And so far as living with multiple sclerosis and being the one living with multiple sclerosis, not the one watching others live with it and prescribing treatments. The title of my book is Live the Passionate Life and Quit Settling for Survival. Live the Passionate Life being the main part, and then in parentheses, and quit settling for survival. Because that's what I've done. I just settled for survival. I was okay just floating along, you know, taking whatever life would Whatever life had to pass down to me, that's what I was. Do- that's what I was taking. That's what I was doing. That's the existence I was. All of it came together. Why? Why am I just settling for this here? Well, to begin with, you know, I was not going to settle for this. No walking. <laughs> and I was an eleven-year-old boy. I should be running around the neighborhood. I should be running around the town. 
mm-hmm. heck, you know, running around the baseball field, let alone, you know, being told that I'm not going to walk again. I don't think so. So I was willing to do anything I could to get past that. And then later on, I had resolved, I kept having to push past these points where it's like the fatigue that I currently and still to this day push through every morning and throughout the day. Continue, you know, I just push through it all day. There's no other way to explain it. There was, there's been points through, many points through the years where I would get to a point where I was like, essentially settling for survival at that point. And then it's like, okay, no, this isn't good enough. I want more. There's more available. I want it. You know, there's more to life, more to, you know, the world. There's more, and I I want more. Like Dr. Who says, so much more. And, uh, you know, it's like, that's what I wanted, so much more so much more available, you know, and it's just like there's no quitting, no giving up, there's no end because there's so much more. You've got to keep going, got to keep living, you know, and that that's how I see it, got to keep living, got to keep going on. I hit that wall in a marathon or in a 50K, and it's like, you know, I hit a wall, you know, I definitely had a wall at the 24-hour endurance run I did earlier this year, back in March, down in Longview. How many how many miles is this, or how many kilometers, just for folks to kind of get a sense of the, this endurance run? What does that mean? It's a 1.25-mile loop mm-hmm. around Lake Sacagawea at a park in the middle of uh, Longview, Washington, and it's a 24-hour run. Okay. You just run as many miles as you can during that 24 hours. Wow. And I got to 57, which was more than some, less than a lot. I was shooting to pace myself. I wasn't shooting to run as many miles as I could and just kill my legs. Anyways, I ended up with 57 miles. Wow. And, yeah. 57 I, miles. A couple weeks ago, I just registered for this for the Pack Rim 2020. And uh, so I'm going to run that again in March. For I'm shooting for 60 or higher. Keep going, keep moving, keep improving. Of course, my ultimate goal is 100 miles in 24 hours. I want to do that, you know. I want to run 100 miles in 24 hours. Just keep on moving and keep on going. And I just want so much more because it's out there and it's available. I love it. And I love that you're inspiring others via Instagram and your book to just keep getting more. So where can folks get a hold of your book? My book is available. It's only available on. My book is only available online at uh, BelvoaPress.com or Amazon, Amazon.com, or on the Amazon Kindle. It's available on there and everywhere. It's available as hardback, paperback, or you can go to my website www.shanenicolich.com. Again, that's S-H-A-N-E-N-I-C-O-L-I-C-H dot com. There are links on my page to purchase my book from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Uh, My contact info for my different social media and whatever is at the, there should be links at the bottom of the homepage there. Okay. Well, we will put that all in our show notes. I'm sure you'll put it on yours. It'll be on mine. So folks that are listening to this, you can... 
either check out my website at drjkrausnd.com or thehealthfixpodcast.com and look under the episode with Shane and I chatting and look for more information. What's one thing they, they need to do going forward after listening to this? Pretty much just keep reaching for more because life is life is dynamic. You know, I almost sold myself short many times, but... It is unlimited, you know. I've written, I've written a book. I, you know, after everything I've been through, I still wrote a book. I've got a podcast. You know, I'm putting content out there online on a daily basis. I got to meet Gary V. Uh, that's a whole different episode, <laughs> a whole nother episode. But uh, yeah, it's like you know, life, life is dynamic, and we should be too. Don't stop. Don't quit. I, as a matter of fact, I, on my way here today, I stopped on the. I had to stop on the side of Sixth Ave here in Tacoma. There's a church up the road that always, you know, that always seems to have a, a big a sign, outside. a big sign up there. And the sign currently says, "Never, never, never give up." Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. No matter what happens, no matter the circumstances or anything, no matter anything. Just never, never, never give up. Whew, Shane has quite a story. I hope it's inspired you. Or, at the very least, if you know anyone that could benefit from this podcast and Shane's inspiration, please forward this podcast on and Shane's Instagram account. It is quite impressive in terms of watching him run and how he talks about his daily struggles. I think it's great for anybody that has MS and just needs a little boost. All right, folks, you've survived another episode of The Health Fix. I'm your host, Dr. Janine Krause. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. Hey everybody, Dr. Janine Krause here. If you liked what you heard today, then head over to drjkrausnd.com to find my free resources and information to know when I post something new that's juicy that you might want to check out. Plus, head over to where you get your podcasts and like, subscribe, and write a review to help get the word out about me and help others at the same time to find me. It really does help and I really appreciate all of your reviews.